Hello there. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Now, up until now, the show has been playing twice a week on Mondays and Fridays, but starting this week, we're adding a third one on Wednesdays. So welcome to our very first Hump Day Happy Hour show. I'd like to start off by giving a big thank you to all the great listener feedback you've been giving with your messages on our webpage. It's great to know you're enjoying the podcast, and I really appreciate all the suggestions for future shows. In fact, today's show will be featuring two episodes suggested by one of our listeners, Andy Sloan from Memphis, Tennessee. Andy, thank you for the message and for the kind words. Andy's favorite classic comedy radio show is The Alan Young Show, and he left it up to me to pick the actual episodes, so I picked two that I think he and all of you listening will enjoy. Now, if you would like to suggest a show for one of our future podcasts, or if you'd like to leave a comment, please visit the webpage at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave me a voice message. Now, remember, I might include your voice message on the podcast, so please include your name and where you're from. On to today's shows. The Alan Young Show started out as a variety sketch comedy show on NBC Radio in 1944 before moving to ABC Radio with Gene Gillespie as Alan's girlfriend, Betty. Then it switched back to NBC in 1946 and then went off the air for a year in 1948. When it returned in 1949, Gillespie had been replaced by Louise Erickson and Jim Bacchus was introduced as the rich snob Hubert Updike III, which Bacchus later used as the inspiration for his more famous character, Thurston Howell III, when he starred on the TV show Gilgan's Island. The Alan Young Show made the transition to television in 1950, and it originally maintained its radio format of several comedy sketches, a monologue, and a couple of musical numbers. It ran for two seasons, then went off the air briefly in 1952, before returning for a final season in 1953 with a format change. During its run, it won two Emmy Awards. We'll be back with the first of our two episodes right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the episode Alan Wants to Propose from The Alan Young Show, originally broadcast on January 23rd, 1945. Bristol-Myers, the makers of Sal Hepatica for the smile of health and Vitalis for well-groomed hair, present The Alan Young Show. Gentlemen, this is Ken Delmar speaking on behalf of those two old friends, Sapatica and Vitalis, and welcoming you to the Alan Young Show, featuring our singing star Diane Courtney, the music of Peter Van Steeden, and starring Alan Young. <laughs> well, here's the street where Alan Young lives. The first house used to belong to Aunt Matilda. The second house belonged to Uncle Joe. And here's Alan's house. It used to be Uncle Tom's cabin. <laughs> well, let's drop in, shall we? Hello, Kenny. Come on in. Uh, Alan, I came over uh, to... Before you do anything, Kenny, take off your hat. 
Oh, all right. My hat is off. Alan, I came Quiet, over... Quiet, please. Let's bow our heads and have a few moments of silence. There. Now, Kenny, I'm glad you uh, came over. One moment, Alan. Would you mind telling me who we were standing in silence for? Shaky. I can just see the inscription on his tombstone. Here lies Shaky, a villainous cuss. He and Dick Tracy had quite a fuss. But Tracy was strong. He wouldn't unbend. So here lies Shaky. He was frozen in the end. <laughs> that thing had me worried, you know. I was sure he was going to get Snowflake. Well, Alan, uh, as far as Snowflake is concerned, there are 60 million of them on your front walk. You'd better shovel them off. I'm not shoveling that snow, Kenny. It's a waste of time. Oh, how could it be a waste of time? I'll show you. You wake up one morning, look out of the window, and the street in front of your house is covered with snow. The snow turns to sleet, the sleet turns to slush, the slush slides down the sewer and slips out to sea. The sunshine soaks up the seawater, stores it in the sky. The sky staggers under such a slew of stuff, the clouds sag, the storm starts, the snow falls, and there it is right back front of my house again. <laughs> well, I'm going to shoot that writer. <laughs> But just the same, you'd better shovel that snow off or you're liable to get a summons. Maybe you're right. But I haven't got my shovel. I'll lend it to an old fellow next door. You know my neighbor? Wait here, Kenny. I'll go get it. This snow is solid. Well, for snowballs. I'll scoop some up and make one. There. I'll fling it at that fence across the street. <laughs> family had moved across the street. Every Monday I see spaghetti hanging out in the line. Well, here's the old fellow's house here. Hope he's home. I need that shovel. Hello there. Hello there. The other day I lent you my shovel. Well, like... I'm glad you dropped over, son. Just got some handkerchiefs back from the laundry. They're beautiful. Yeah. Well, I came over. Of course, to... uh, when I sent them away, they was bed sheets. Fine. Yeah, I, I used to do more than laundry. I washed my undies and luck. Got my money back. You got your money back? Why? Nobody asked me to dance. Black came over with my shovel. Interesting <laughs> things always happen to me. Yeah, I remember the time I invented a gasolineless automobile. They all laughed at me. Called it my folly. Oh, did, it, did it work? No. Darn thing blowed up. Bang, 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 went my folly. That's too bad. Now, I lent you a shovel. Another, another time I was keeping company with a gorgeous girl. Yeah, he sat on the sofa with her. He had an hourglass figure. One night I found myself with time on my hands. I, uh, I see. Yeah, just passing the time of day. Oh, I don't mind. Just try and be neighborly. God. That's the way to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm democratic. Yeah, democratic. Yeah. I'm only human. Yeah, human. Yeah. Hello! 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 I, uh, I was up in New York City last week. Yeah? Rode in the subway. Yeah. Subway's awful crowded. But you make some nice contacts. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll let you a snow shovel to you. Oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, it is. Oh, thanks very much. I uh, put it to good use. Some snowstorm we had, eh? Ain't seen so much snow since the blizzard of 66. Yeah, where were you during the blizzard? The stork was delivering me. <laughs> yeah, I remember we was flying for New York City. The blizzard was so thick that the stork couldn't see a thing. He turned south and headed for Florida. I was born in Miami. Well, uh, what happened? Some woman in New York was awful disappointed. <laughs> I should never have asked. Thanks for the shovel. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long there. Better get to work and start shoveling the snow off the... Mr. Young. Mr. Young. She's my girlfriend, Betty. And she's riding an Eddie Davenport car. What did you go out with that guy for? He's so non-essential. Mr. Young? Mr. Young? I'm coming. Hello, Betty. Hello, Mr. Young. You know Eddie. Hiya, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Betty, I love to see you driving around in an automobile. But don't you get lonesome riding all by yourself? Riding by yourself? What do I look like? I don't know. I'm not a bacteriologist. (laughs) How do you... How do you like this car? Eddie's father gave it to him. Yeah, for getting such good marks in college. For getting such good marks in college. Eddie's got a B.S., an M.A., and a Ph.D. Yeah, he's so smart, let's see him get an L.S. M.F.T. <laughs> Betty, would you like to help me uh, shovel the snow off the front walk? Well... At our house, my father has a handyman to shovel the snow. Naturally. He hasn't got any sons to do it. Now, look here, Alan Young. I don't like your attitude. You're being positively obnoxious. Oh, why don't you go home? Your cage must be cleaned by now. Mr. Young, you're acting like a ruffian. Eddie's a perfect gentleman. His whole family's in society. His mother's the toast of the 400, his sister's the toast of the debutante, and his father is the toast of the banking set. All that toast and Eddie is a crumb. <laughs> now, look, Young, I'm not afraid to fight you. In college, I'm an athlete. I'm the star of the basketball team. Yeah. Even after you leave the court, you don't stop dribbling. <laughs> Pretty good, huh, Betty? Mr. Young, I'm ashamed of you. I won't stay here and listen to this any longer. Drive away, Eddie. All right, Betty. <laughs> And, Mr. Young, don't you ever talk to me again. I'm not going to let that four-eyed two-timer get away with this. I'll throw a snowball in his car. Eddie, here's a present for you. Pinga Costa! El prato del segundo snowball! Quinta pata la printa visora! Quinta pata pata visora! All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everything is going wrong. Say, Alan, what was going on out there between you and Betty and Eddie? Those dames are all alike. The minute you turn your back, they start running along with somebody else. Why, that Betty go out with a factory if it whistled at her. Oh, Alan, it's your fault if Betty runs around with other guys. It ain't my fault. Well, how is she supposed to know how you feel about her? You never give her any hint. I darn her socks for her. Well, Alan, there's only one way to make sure that she doesn't go out with anyone else. How? Propose. You mean marriage? 
If you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> yes, marriage. Well, I guess I will have to propose to Betty, but how do I go about it? Gee, I can't be of much help to you. I've never proposed to anybody. But, Kenny, aren't you interested in anyone? Oh, sure. Who? Sal. Sal? Sal who? Sal Hepatica. I should have. <laughs> Why, of course you should have. And believe me, Sal Hepatica is something to have an interest in. A Sal Hepatica is a friend indeed. Particularly on those mornings when you wake up feeling sick and headachy due to the need of a laxative. For if you take a glass full of sparkling Sal Hepatica then, you'll get quick, gentle relief. Usually within an hour. Well, that means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day, waiting until night to take a laxative. You take Sal Hepatica the minute you need it. And besides quick, gentle relief, Sal Hepatica gives you another advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So tonight or tomorrow, get a bottle of Sal Hepatica from your druggist, remembering this caution use only as directed. Then whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better, thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. <laughs> And here's our glamorous singing star, Diane Courtney, to sing The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful. The night is young and you're so beautiful There among the shadows, beautiful lady Open your heart The that the breezes sing of it can't you get into the swing of it, lady? When will you come? When the lady is visible and the evening is cool, any dream is permissible in the heart of a fool. The moon is high and you're so glamorous. And if he seems over amorous lady, what can you do when the lady is the and the evening is cool, and the dream is permissible in the heart of a Betty, I'll need a ring. Buckheimer's jewelry store and buy one. Gee, isn't that wonderful? Someday Betty and I'll get married and settle down in a cottage and live happily forever, Amber. Oh. Gee, I've only got a few minutes to catch the downtown bus. Ah, here's the bus now. 
Okay, step up, step up. Hey, just a second, buddy. Where are you going? Downtown, to Clockheimer's Jewelry Store. What kind of a priority do you have? Priority? Why, I have a C priority. Get off. What do you mean, get off? Everybody else on this bus has an A priority. Haven't you? <laughs> I read it and I didn't understand it. Jewelry store. I'll just go right well, in. Well, hello, Mister Young. I didn't expect. I say I didn't expect to see you downtown. <laughs> it's Councilor Cartenbrand. Yeah, it's good to see me. Uh, what are you doing looking in the window? <laughs> Windows, that is, of a jewelry store. Well, I'm. I'm thinking of buying an engagement ring. Oh, you're going to? I say you're going to get married. Well, marriage is an extremely serious step. That's philosophy, son. <laughs> I recognized it. Yeah, I remember one divorce case I handled. The defendant was Maisie LaRue. She was a fan dancer. I was one of her fans. <laughs> yeah. What just proceeded was a joke, son. You can get odds on that. Yeah, pay attention, son. Pay attention. I recollect I came into the court with my client, Miss LaRue. You know, if you listen, you'll learn, son. Yes, indeed. I say I, I got well I got her into court. I got her into court, I say. Her yeah. husband wanted a divorce because she was a fan dancer. Well why? Well he said she waved the fan so much he was living in a perpetual draft. <laughs> that there is whimsy. <laughs> Too bad he didn't get it, yeah. Well, son, I got the I say I got the judge to agree to let Miss LaRue do her fan dance in court, and she did it. I say she did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what the judge said when he saw a fan dance? No, what? Oh, there's good views tonight. <laughs> you know, you're a nice boy. You shouldn't be so abstract, son. <laughs> well, son, I... I, <laughs> I got to be getting back to my office. I got a big case. A big case that I'm working on. Huh? Seems somebody threw a snowball through my client's window. Uh, snowball through the window? What yeah. did your client say? Finger for say, I say finger for say, you come out. See, they, they have some very pretty, I say they have some very pretty engagement rings here in the window. That's catching. I'll go in and inquire about the rings. Uh, what can I do for you, young man? I'd like to see a ring. I'm, I'm getting engaged. Oh, my, my, girls will marry anything today, won't they? Look, all I want is an engagement ring. Well, we have rings to fit every pocketbook. Well, I just won't want to fit on a girl's hand. Oh. Well, here's one. It has a three-carat diamond. Just look at that. Look at the way it shines. You're looking at my blue serge suit. Oh. That ring looks too expensive. Have you got something cheaper, maybe? Well, uh, here's a ring with a one-carat diamond, $295. That's too expensive. Have you got something a little cheaper? Well, yes. Here's a ring that costs $8.50. I'll take it. But, uh, incidentally, this ring will have to be cleaned. Why? It's covered with Cracker Jacks. 
Well, here, here's the money. Will you engrave something on the inside of the ring for me? Surely. Uh, what did you want? Well, engrave to Betty with all my love from Alan, the man who dreams about her every night, <laughs> who longs for the day we'll be married and I get a good-paying job so we won't have to live with her parents, we can have our own home and settle down to having a family and living happy ever after. Uh, do you want that sent as a night letter? <laughs> Look, do you expect me to engrave all that on the inside of a tiny little ring? Well, isn't there enough room? Buddy, there wouldn't be enough room to engrave that on the inside of Herman Goering's girdle. I got the ring. I'll drop in here at Kenny's drugstore in the short room. Oh, hello, Alan. Hey, Kenny. Well, I got an engagement ring for Betty. Here it is. Look at that diamond, Kenny. Yeah, wait a second till I get my magnifying glass. Yeah. You mean you want to find out if the diamond is cut properly? No, I just want to find the diamond. Well, Alan, did you set the date yet? Set the date? Kenny, I can't even get up enough nerve to propose to her. Yeah, well, Alan, I've got an idea. You go over to Slick Slacker's radio store. They've got a recording machine there. You can make a record of your voice for a dollar. Kenny, you mean I should record my proposal to Betty? Exactly. Then you can take the record up and play it for her. I'll do it, Kenny. But are you sure these records are good? Oh, I'm positive. I made one yesterday. Wait a minute, I'll get it for you. Well, don't bother, Kenny. I believe you. Oh, but I'll be glad to do it. Glad to. Yes, here. Here it is. Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, particularly gentlemen, you no doubt have discovered that you can't buy Vitalis, that famous hair grooming preparation anymore. Well, as your druggist has probably told you, all the Vitalis made is going to the armed forces. But I would like to tell you that the minute wartime shortages ease off, Bristol-Myers will do everything possible to see to it that you civilians can once again get Vitalis. And so once again, you'll be able to enjoy the advantages of the most popular hair grooming preparation in America. Advantages like the Vitalis 60-second workout with solutions of tight, dry scalp, stimulate circulation, and help prevent excessive falling hair. Yes, we at Bristol-Myers earnestly hope that the time won't be too far off when you can once again go into your druggist and ask for a bottle of Vitalis and get it. Please be patient until then, won't you? Here's a place where it came told me I could make a record. Slick Slacker's Record Shop. Uh, excuse me, miss. I'd like to make a little... Just a moment. I'm waiting on this gentleman. Oh. Yes, sir. What did you want to buy? Uh, may I have five Bing Crosby records, please? Five Bing Crosby records. Here you are, sir. Uh, stand back, please. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mr. Sinatra. <laughs> Now, what do you want? I want to propose. Don't you think we ought to go steady for a few minutes? No, no, you don't understand. I don't want to propose to you. I want to propose to a girl. Well, who do I look like? Umbriago? Well, look, I, I came in here to make a record. There's a man ahead of you making a record. You'll have to wait a few minutes. Here, make yourself comfortable. Pull up a phonograph needle and sit down. Yeah, well, will he be long? Oh, no, he's just making a record to send to his wife. I think he's going to start now. Well, to his wife. Uh -huh. I bet he's got a nice, sweet message for her. Quiet. Quiet. My dearest, this is just to tell you that for years I've been looking at that ugly puss of yours. 
Your face is so wrinkled, it looks like a piece of Kleenex that's been carried around for a week. I remember the day I first saw you. When you rolled your eyes, I didn't know whether you were flirting or looking back at the wagon you were pulling. And you're always picking on me. Always picking on me, but no more. I'm through. This is my declaration of independence. I'm leaving you. I'm free. Free, do you hear me? Free. Free, free. Free. Okay, I'm through. Where's my record? Here you are. Shall I wrap it as a gift? Never mind. Goodbye. Okay, Blondie, it's your turn. Now, just step up to this microphone here. Now, when the bell rings, you start talking. And when the bell stops, you stop. Okay. Betty? Yeah. Here, Betty. I love you very much. I want you to marry me. June, I'll be very happy. I hope you love me. I'm still for two. We lived together for many years. And husband and wife in the house on the side of the road. Hmm? Will you please? <laughs> yeah, I hope she'll be able to hear what I said. The bell made a lot of noise, you know. Will she be able to hear the bell on the record? No. You see, when you talk into the microphone, it goes through an insulated wire which goes to a modified amplifier. Then it goes to a low-frequency magnetic oscillator. Then it's transformed through a multiple electrolytic respirator, and then it's condensed in a seven-phase superheterodyne audio meter, and that takes out the sound of a bell. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be more simple if you just didn't ring the bell? <laughs> Gee... We never thought of that. Where's my record? Here it is. Suppose I drop it. What'll I do? Oh, we always give two copies to a customer in case one breaks. Here you are. Oh, thanks very much. Oh, I hope she accepts him. Oh, my goodness, I made a terrible mistake. Instead of giving him two copies of his record, I gave him one copy of the record he made and one copy of the record the other man made. Oh, I only hope he plays the right one for his girl. <laughs> Betty's house. See the Cooper Mansion. I'll just run up the front steps. Oh! I'm sorry, Mr. Cooper. I didn't see you lying there. <laughs> well, this is it. Once I cross the threshold and play this record, everything in my life will be changed. <sighs> oh, pardon me, Mr. Cooper. Is Betty home? Yes, she's in the living room. Thanks very much. There's Betty sitting over there on the couch. I'll sneak over and put my hands over her eyes and make her guess who it is. She'll know it's me. I'm the only one she goes out with. There. Oh. Guess who? George? Uh, no. Uh, Harry? No. Betty? No. Marvin? No. Charles? Uh-uh. Timothy? No. Peter. No. I'll give you a hint, Betty. Here, I'll put my face close to yours like this. Now I rub my cheek against yours. Oh, Mabel. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's me, Alan. Alan Young, I told you I never wanted to speak to you again. Now, you leave this house and don't you dare come back. Betty, you're beautiful. Don't you dare even call me on the telephone. Betty, you're as pretty as anything. Don't you dare even write me a letter. Betty, I've got something important for you in this box. Don't you dare sit down beside me on the couch and open it up and show me what it is. Well, it's something very special, Betty. Look. It's a young ring. <laughs> Engagement pipe. 
Mr. Young, it's beautiful. Oh, look at that big yellow diamond in it. That guy didn't wipe all the cracker jacks off it. <laughs> Betty, there's, there's a proposal that goes along with this ring. Well, go ahead, Mr. Young. Let's hear it. It comes to you by electrical transcription. What do you mean? Well, Betty, I, I had so many things I wanted to say to you, but I don't have the nerve to come to you myself, so I put them on this record. Here, let me play it for you on the phonograph. Listen very carefully. My dearest, I've been wanting to tell you this for a long time. Betty, I want you to be my wife. Let you and I get married and settle down. I can see us together. Just you and me and the cottage and the baby and the baby and the baby. The baby, oh, the, baby the baby, the baby, the baby. Betty, there must be something wrong with this record. I got another one right here. Lucky the girl gave it to me. Betty, listen closely to this because in this record I've told you exactly how I feel about you. Let's let's listen, Betty. My dearest, this is just to tell you that for years I've been looking at that ugly puss of yours. <laughs> Your face is so wrinkled that it looks like a piece of Kleenex that's been carried around for weeks. That first day, I... Mr. Young, how dare you? Oh, It's a mistake. I got the wrong record. Betty, you know I wouldn't do a thing like that to you. Betty, you don't understand. I want you to be my... What? <laughs> oh, gee, Mr. Young. Well, this is a big... I can't give you an answer. You've got to talk this over with my Uncle Joe. Nobody in our whole family ever makes a decision without talking to him. Oh, here he comes now. Okay. Go ahead and talk to him. Uncle Joe, I'd just ask for Betty's hand in marriage. Uncle Joe, what do you say to that? He's your foster! Good This is Alan Young again. Friends, don't forget to get those dimes and dollars marching to the White House. Your money will go a long way in helping to stamp out infantile paralysis. Now, on behalf of Diane, Ken, Peter, myself, in fact, all of us, we want to thank you for being with us tonight. And don't forget the two products that make our Tuesdays together possible. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health and Vitalis for well-groomed hair. Sal Hepatica Vitalis. Good night. Say, girls, listen to this song. If you think walking down the aisle to that tune gets you out of hot water once and for all, lady, you are mistaken. I don't want to discourage you, mind you, but believe me, you are really getting into hot water, up to your elbows. First, there'll be dishes and undies, and then pretty soon the baby's thing. 
And those beautiful, soft, and smooth hands he loves to hold may soon become rough and dry. So take a tip. Use Truche, the beforehand lotion. By putting on Truche before you put your hands in hot, soapy water will protect them even while they're in that hot water. Yes, Truche can really help protect your hands and so help keep them softer, smoother, lovelier. Why not begin today to use Truche? Gracie Field Show, starring Gracie Field with that funny man, Fred Brady, immediately following station identification. This is the Blue Network. And now the second episode on our Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the old radio comedy podcast, the episode Becoming More Assertive from the Alan Young Show, originally broadcast on January 30th, 1945. Bristol Myers, the makers of Sal Hepatico for the smile of health and Vitalis for well-groomed hair present the Alan Young Show. Gentlemen, this is Ken Delmar, speaking on behalf of those two old friends, Sal Hepatica and Vitalis, and welcoming you to the Alan Young Show, featuring our singing star, Diane Courtney, the music of Peter Van Steeden, and starring Alan Young. <laughs> well, folks, it's time for our regular Tuesday night visit to Alan Young's house. I love to drop in to see Alan. He's always so gay and happy and cheerful. He always has a bright greeting when anybody comes in. Well, hi, Alan. How's the boy? Oh, hello, Kenny. Come on in out of the rain. But, Alan, it's not raining. It will. Say, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. I, I feel great. <laughs> what's the... What's that book you're reading? Thirty Different Ways to Commit Harry Carry. <laughs> Harry Carry, what does that mean? That's Japanese for me. I cut in. <laughs> oh, what's, what's the use of pretending? My girlfriend Betty and I have, well, as, as Winchell says, we've... <laughs> Alan, you don't mean you have... <laughs> Definitely. And wipe that expression off your chin. <laughs> Kenny, Betty says that I'm not the He-Man type. Ah, oh, I can't understand that. I just saw the Humphrey Bogart picture, the have and have not. And he reminded me of you. Yeah, he has and I have not. <laughs> well, 
Well, the trouble is, Alan, you don't know how to be romantic. Romantic? Don't you call a moonlit buggy ride in Central Park romantic? I've gone hundreds of times. Who with? You got to go with somebody? <laughs> Alan Young, you don't know the first thing about love. Uh, I guess you're right, Kenny. Betty told me the same thing in her letter. Just listen to what she says here. To whom it may concern. Dear Alan, <laughs> I've decided to break off our engagement. Your rival, Hubert, has won me over. Hubert is rich. You are the opposite. Hubert is ambitious. You're the opposite. Hubert is a man. New paragraph. <laughs> I am returning your diamond engagement ring by parcel post. Signed, Betty. Hmm. Well, is that the diamond ring in that package? Yeah. Look how carefully she wrapped it and marked it. Handle with care. Glass. <laughs> Well, Alan, let's face it. After all, you're not aggressive enough. No. You have to be impetuous. Yeah. Now, watch me. Yeah. I grasp you in my arms like this. Yeah. I look into your eyes like this. Yeah. Then I say, ah, my love, my heart burns with ardor. My soul blazes with passion. My whole being is on fire. Don't come to me. <laughs> Why don't you get somebody who has marshmallows? <laughs> Darling... Can't you see that fate meant me for you? Oh, I don't think we could be happy together. Why not? You'd probably want the electric razor just when I was using it. I won't take no for an answer. I must have you for my own. I want you. I need you. Say you'll be mine. Kenny. Yes? Chase me. Oh, I quit. I quit. You better forget all about women. Oh, that's all right with me. I'm sick of love. I'm going downtown and get myself a good book. I can get along without women. I'm sick of women. I don't want to hear any more about women. Now, what book are you going to get? Forever Amber. <laughs> See you later, Jimmy. Ah, it's nice to get out and ride in the fresh air. It's pretty crowded with cars. Oh, what the heck? I might as well honk right back at him. <laughs> Guess they don't even notice a bicycle. Hey, you, you in the truck. Yeah? Why don't you put out your hand? If I did, I'd put it right on your jaw. Except <laughs> your eye open, you'd have seen me coming. I saw you coming. Then why the surprised look on your face? This isn't surprise. This bicycle seat is cold. <laughs> Hmm. No, that's me. No nerve. I even let my girlfriend give me up for that guy, Hubert. Well, here's the bookstore. Hmm. I love to browse around in bookstores. I'll just take a look behind this big volume here. Hiya, Mr. Young. Well, it's little David Dittenpepper. Complete and unexpurgated. Oh, well, yes, David, you bet you. David, what are you doing with that book, uh, that book on child psychology? Well, I have a problem, Father. Oh. He's too intelligent. He speaks 12 different languages. Your father speaks 12 languages? Why, that's wonderful. No, it ain't. Mama knows how to say shut up in every one of them. Well, all married people have their quarrels. Your father has to expect those little spats. Yeah. Papa has the spats and Mama wears the pants. Well, 
Only once did Mama let Papa have his way. Oh? They were arguing about pipe smoking in the living room, and Mama finally gave in. Is that so? Yeah. Now Mama smokes a pipe on the back porch. <laughs> well, you know, David, Betty just broke her engagement with me. Maybe it's all for the best. I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be a spinster. Young, only a woman can be a spinster. You see? They got everything tied up. <laughs> Women, bah! Out of boy, Mr. Young. That's telling them. Yeah. There are other things in life besides women. Yeah? What are they? I don't ever intend to find out. Go on. Go on, Mr. Young. Go on, David. Good to talk to a man who understands your problems. Well, now to, now to buy a good book and forget all about Betty. Well, hello, Alan. Did you get waited on yet? Oh, Kenny, no, I, I can't seem to get a clerk. Yet. Oh, don't worry, Alan. If you can't find a book, I'll come over to your house and keep you company. Oh, goody. Shall we go steady? Listen, Kenny, I don't want to see you. I'm going to spend a quiet evening with my book. I'll be over then. But you're not a book. Well, everyone tells me I'm a novel chap. <laughs> Listen, laughing boy, why don't you go back to your drugstore and play with your empty shelves? Now, wait a minute, Alan Young. Those empty shelves are no kidding matter. Those shelves once held Vitalis. And it's not funny to anyone who used to use Vitalis and finds he can't buy it anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you better, because lots of people have come to depend on Vitalis to keep their hair well-groomed. And then when Bristol Myers was faced with wartime shortages and couldn't supply Vitalis to civilians and servicemen, too... It was decided that naturally all the Vitalis made would go to the armed forces. But we hope the time won't be far off when you can once again go to your drugstore and see the shelves filled with Vitalis. Then, as before, you'll be able to enjoy the advantages of this famous hair grooming preparation. Advantages like the Vitalis 60-second workout, which loosens a tight, dry scalp, stimulates circulation, and helps prevent excessive falling hair. Until that time, be patient, won't you? And be assured that we'll get Vitalis to you the minute we can. And here is our glamorous singing star, Diane Courtney, to sing A Little on the Lonely Side. I'm a little on the lonely, a little on the lonely side. I keep thinking of you only. And wishing you were by my side You know, my dear When you're not here There's no one to romance with So if I'm seen with someone else It's just someone to dance with Every letter that you send me I read a dozen times or more Any wonder that I love you more and more Oh, how I miss your tender kiss And long to hold you tight I'm a little on the lonely side tonight So lonely, 
for 30 minutes, and I haven't been waited on yet. I've got to get a book tonight so I can get my mind off Betty. Well, there's a clerk now. Oh, miss! Oh, hello. Uh, what can I do for you? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like something on a nice, spicy romance. Well, come around at 5.30. That's when I'm through. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I want to do some reading. I just want to go home and bury my nose in a book. You don't want a book. You want a box of Kleenex. I want a book. I want something that's gay yet thrilling, suave, sophisticated. Well, uh, what, what book did you have in mind? Well, have you got the, um, the motorcycle girls in Flatbush? I'm sorry, but I can't give you that book without a note from your scoutmaster. Well, what, what have you got on the bestseller list? Oh, here's one that was just published. Yeah. The Strange Love of Sophie Crotchmeyer. You see, Sophie, Sophie didn't want much out of life. A home, two cars, a yacht, mink coat, diamonds, pearls, cigarettes. Can a, can a girl ask for anything more? Oh, no, no. Not unless she wants to make a hog out of herself. Well, you see, this, this happens to be a very simple love story. Yeah. It seems Sophie is in love with her brother-in-law. But he's not really her brother-in-law because Sophie's mother is really Jim's sister. Well, who's Jim? He's not important. He kills himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sophie's brother-in-law falls in love with the bartender's daughter, whose child by another marriage is really Sophie's uncle. This complicates things a little. Especially when Tom gets home from college. Who's Tom? He's not important. He kills himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, the bartender's daughter finds a note in a bottle of beer, revealing that she is the half-sister of Sophie's nephew, who is really Lord Nelson. This makes Sophie a half-Nelson. <laughs> Look, who wrote this book, anyway? He's not important. He, he kills, kills himself. himself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind, I'll just browse around a bit. <laughs> Let's see what books they have under science. Oh. How to raise rabbits. Or are these our children? <laughs> Look at this one. How to develop a forceful personality by Professor Hoffnagel. Gee, that's for me. Oh, miss. Miss, I want this book here. I'm going to develop a forceful personality. I'm going to win Betty back. Just mark my words, miss. I'm going to be a new man. Okay, just let me know what you do with the old one. Goodbye. Goodbye, miss. Uh, I'm going to show that guy Hubert he can't take my girl away. Let's see what this book says. Chapter one. Hmm. How to dominate a conversation. Pick a topic you know and stick to it. Make the other fellow listen. See, that's right. Here's a guy looking in the store window. I'm going to try it out. <clears throat> How do you do? Hello there. Oh, <laughs> 
my next-door neighbor, Mr. Grimes. <clears throat> I must dominate the conversation. <clears throat> Mr. Grimes, do you realize the average rainfall in Calcutta yeah. is approximately... Yeah. I'm glad you asked my advice, son. Yeah. I got a grandmother in California. Grandma sure was devoted to Grandpa. Yeah, the old lady never went any place without old Granddad. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you realize the average rainfall? Grandpa, in... Grandpa was devoted to her too. Yeah. yeah. Old boy never went any place without the old crow. <laughs> Perfect blend. Perfect blend, yeah. Mr. Grimes, do you realize the average I'm, rainfall... I'm, uh, I'm glad, glad to see you carrying a book, son. Yeah. yeah, books is good for you. I always carry a book myself, especially when I go to a restaurant. Never know when you're going to get a table with a short leg. Rainfall in Calcutta. I, I don't like them little pocket editions. Bad for my eyes. Why should the pocket editions be bad for your eyes? Mighty dark in them pockets. <laughs> Raining in Calcutta. I, uh, I'm the romantic type. Yeah. Been romantic for 60 years, man and boy. Had more fun at it when I was a boy. <laughs> <coughs> I just thought I'd be social. That's, uh, that's the way to be. Yeah. Speak right up. Yeah. Yeah. Hello there! Hello there! Well, I'll be seeing you, son. Oh, by the way, the average rainfall in Calcutta is seven and a half inches. Hello! Dominate the conversation. wonder if I overdid it. Oh, well... Let's see, chapter two. How to argue with a woman. Or what to do till the doctor comes. <laughs> if you desire to if you desire to impress women and win them away from rivals, bring them flowers. Roses are preferable. That's a wonderful idea. I'll call on Betty tonight and bring her some roses. There's a florist right next door. Give a sign. Jones Florist Shop. If it smells, it's Jones. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes? Something I can do for you? Yeah, I want some flowers for the girl I love. Oh, you mad, impetuous boy, you. <laughs> I, I know exactly what I want, too. Those roses over there. Are they hothouse roses? Uh, no, no, but we take them to a Turkish bath twice a week. <laughs> well, I, I want those roses anyway. How much are they? Uh, they're $5 a spray, $15 a corsage, and $75 a bouquet. What could I get for 40 cents? Uh, for 40 cents, I'll give you a bunch of soup grease. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a man with a very forceful personal- personality. I, I want roses. I'll give you violets. What's the difference? Well, our roses smell, but our violets shrink. <laughs> I still want roses. I'll give you buttercups. How much are your buttercups? Uh, 50 cents and 12 red points. I still want roses. All right. You want a rose? Here. For 40 cents, take this. What kind of a rose is this? It's only a bare stem. Well, that's a gypsy rose. <laughs> Look, I still want roses. 
Still want roses. Well, wait a second. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You see those flowers over here? Yeah. Well, somebody just canceled that order. You can have the whole thing for a dollar. But I didn't want a bouquet that Oh, it's only just... a dollar. Here you are. Give me the money. That's the idea. So long. Gee, <laughs> guess I am lucky to get this canceled order. Just look at those gorgeous flowers. It's novel having them in the shape of a horseshoe, too. Gee, and look at the lovely message on this ribbon. Good luck at the opening of your delicatessen. <laughs> Sentiment. Gee, it's getting late. Better drop in here at Kenny's drugstore and call Betty and tell her I'm coming over. Hello? Hello, Betty. Betty, I'll give you three guesses who this is. Cousin Charlie? No. Cousin Louie? No. No, you lose. Goodbye. <laughs> well, what did I do? Betty, Betty, this is Alan Young. Listen to me. I sent back your ring, Mr. Young. Our friendship is now officially over. Goodbye. Betty, don't say that. Betty, hello. Hello. I'm sorry, I hung up. Oh. <laughs> I guess it's all over. The book didn't work. Might as well return it to the bookstore and have my money refunded. Well, hi, Alan. Where are you going? Huh? Oh, oh. Hello, Kenny. I'm going to return Professor Hoffnagel's book. I guess I'm a washout. Yeah, well, let's face it, Alan. You're not the type to have a forceful personality. You couldn't force anybody to do anything. I couldn't, huh? I bet I can force you to do something. Ah, uh, go on. You couldn't force me to do a thing. I couldn't, huh? No, you couldn't. Oh, oh Kenny... Yes, Alan? Would you, uh... It is, I wonder if you would, uh... Tell our listeners about Sal Hepatica? Hmm? My gosh, you did it. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, when you wake up in the morning feeling sick and headachy due to the need of a laxative, take a glass full of sparkling Sal Hepatica. For Sal Hepatica taken then brings quick, gentle relief. Usually within an hour. That means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day, waiting until night to take a laxative. You take Sal Hepatica the minute you need it. And besides quick, gentle relief, Sal Hepatica gives you another advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So tonight or tomorrow, get a bottle of Sal Hepatica from your druggist. Remembering this caution, use only as directed. Then whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better. Thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. <laughs> And here is Peter Van Steven and his orchestra to play Accentuate the Positive. shop again. Guess I'll go and get my money back. They said they'd refund it cheerfully. Oh, hello. What can I do for you? A little while ago, you sold me a book called How to Develop a Forceful Personality. It didn't work, and I'd like my money back. 
I never saw you before in my life. But you, uh, you must recognize me. Well, now, let me see. Are you a short, fat man with dark hair and a mole on his cheek? No. I'm sorry, then you ain't you. Now, look, I demand my money back. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm the manager. What seems to be the trouble? He wants his money back. He wants his money back? <laughs> That's right. He wants his money back. <laughs> I guess this is what they mean by refunding it cheerfully. Now, uh, would you mind having a seat? Yeah. There's a man ahead of you who also wants a refund. He's being taken care of right now. No, no, you good. What was it you wanted, young man? <laughs> Cigarettes? Gee, the lights are on in Betty's house. I guess that Hubert guy is paying a call. I don't care. I got this book with me here. Hope Betty will be glad to see me. I'll just put my nose inside the door. Hello, Betty. <laughs> I can always breathe through my mouth. <laughs> Professor Hoffnagel says not to be discouraged. I'll just open the door and walk right in. Why, Alan Young, how dare you walk into my house this way? Hubert, are you going to stand there and watch this happen? Yeah, I could see pretty good from here. <laughs> Yeah? Well, you little shrimp, I ought to let you have it. Why don't you? I ain't got it. <laughs> you know? Hubert, don't argue with that person. He's just a small potato. Yeah? Well, don't forget, the small potato of today is the masher of tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know why I stand here arguing with a ruffian like you. I'm a college man. I've got a sheep skin. Yeah? On you, it looks natural. Oh, yeah. 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 What are you boys doing? We're accentuating the positive. <laughs> Alan, you leave this house at once. Oh, Betty, how can you do this to me? Remember the night I took you home and we paused in the vestibule? You leaned your head on my shoulder and I leaned my shoulder on the doorbell? And your father came down and leaned his foot on my pants? <laughs> ah, but I guess all that is in back of me. I've decided on Hubert. Mm. Hubert is so Cary Grantish. So, so Clark Gableish. So Gary Cooperish. <laughs> to me, he looks more Tyrone Powerless. <laughs> How about it, Betty? You're not giving me up for him, are you? Well, yes. You mean this is the end? This is the end. It's goodbye. Goodbye. Which way is the river? Oh, Ellen, not bad, not bad. Why not? They're my ice skates. <laughs> I don't care where you go, Mr. Young, as long as you leave my house. Hubert, I'll go in and get us some milk and cookies. I'll see you later. Hmm. So now it's milk and cookies for Hubert. 
There was a time when I raided milk and cookies around here. Sometimes she'd even go to the trouble of making me some peanut brutal. Uh, peanut brittle. The way Betty makes it, it's brutal. <laughs> you've, uh, you've won out, Hubert, old man. <laughs> Be good to our boy. As for me, I'll... I'll try to forget. I came into Betty's life with a smile, and I'll... I'll go out with a smile. <laughs> well, uh, before you go, take your book with you. Professor Hoffnagel's How to Develop a Forceful Personality. <laughs> Junk. You can have it, Hubert, old man. Hey, this is very interesting. Look what he says here on how to handle women. Order them around. Women like to be dominated. Boy, this guy got something. I'm sorry I kept you waiting, Hubert, but Shut I... Shut up and give me some of those milk and cookies! Are you talking to me, Hubert? Boy, what a book! Yeah, I'm talking to you, and they better be raised a cookies about Tom right in your kitchen! Isn't he masterful? How can he look so 4F and talk so 1A? I wish I had that personality. Well, I hate men who try to be masterful. Hubert, you get your hat and coat and leave this house. Yeah, but, but, but Betty Allen gave me this book. You I, get out I... of here, Hubert. Men who try to dominate women are just bullies and uncouth and hoodlums. Goodbye. I've been sabotaged. <laughs> well, Betty? Yes, Allie? Guess there's no sense in wasting the milk and cookies. <laughs> oh, gee, I really do like you, Alan. You're always so mild-mannered and kind and gentle. Yeah, I, I get better results that way. As I was saying to Professor Hoffnagel only this morning, uh, your book is all wrong, Professor, I said. Now, if you want some advice from a man with practical experience, the way to attain success with On behalf of Diane, Ken, Peter, and myself, in fact, all of us, we want to thank you for being with us tonight. And don't forget the two products that make our Tuesdays together possible. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health and Vitalis for well-groomed hair. Sal Hepatica, Vitalis. Good night. And that I do. Listen, ladies, before you do the dishes tonight or tomorrow, smooth a little truche on your hands before you put your hands in that hot, soapy water. Yes, I said before, before you get to work. For truche's beforehand protection will help guard your hands from the rough, drying effects of hot, soapy water. And so help keep your hands softer, smoother, lovelier. So begin today to use truche. <laughs> Hold it, folks. Stay tuned to this station, for here comes the Gracie Fields Show, starring Gracie Fields with that funny man, Fred Brady, immediately following station identification. 
This is the Blue Network. This is the Blue Network. Those were our two featured episodes on today's Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, suggested by our listener Andy Sloan from Memphis, Tennessee. Andy, thanks again for the suggestion. Remember, if you'd like to suggest a show for a future episode or just leave a comment, visit us at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast and leave me a voice message. Remember to include your name and where you're from in case I decide to put it on the air. That's it for today. Tune in next time for another classic comedy radio show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Yay!